0: This is Taylor and Cameron, and you're listening to the Black Maid and Deputy podcast.
1: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized.
0: If you love the Black Married and Debt Free podcast, if you get any joy, if we've ever done anything for you, do us a huge favor and go and give us a five-star review on this podcast. Leave us a comment if you like, but that helps our viewership ranking. Peace. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira. And we are glad that you're here for another episode of the Black Mary and Debt Free Podcast. Uh, I'm really excited because we have a special guest on today that's going to be sharing an amazing story. And, you know, as you uh, make your way around the, this finance community, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of bag talk, right? There's a lot of, you know, next level financial literacy. And we love that, but there's nothing like the simplicity of paying down debt lowering your expenses and building wealth that way so we really want to highlight this story because this young lady uh did, and, and her and her husband did something wonderful um and we, we we just want to get into it so please welcome Corazon Eaton we want to thank you for joining us uh Thanks. Corazon how are you doing let me get you here on the screen <laughs> how are you doing
2: Good. I'm so glad to be here and to be talking to you guys as well, because you guys have been on a journey yourselves and um, happy to also be on the same kind of journey and trajectory, real estate, personal finance and um, to have this conversation with you guys
1: great well we are super excited um that you're here with us today um but can you share a little bit about yourself with our viewers before we hop uh, deeply into your story like let us know like where you're from or just you know basic information
2: Yeah, so I'm Corazon Eaton. I was actually born in Busia, Kenya, which is in East Africa. And so I'm an immigrant of the United States, came to the States when I was pretty young, um, was raised in a small town called Manhattan, Kansas, and went to actual undergrad. At Kansas State University where Manhattan Kansas is um, went to grad school and got my master's in public health and worked in the nonprofit industry until about a year and a half ago um, where I just jumped from nonprofit to corporate and I also started what's called Corzana Kini which is a personal finance business just teaching and educating working professionals on how to manage and master their money so that's that's where that's what got me here today <laughs> um, talking with you guys and even with the story of paying off my
1: student loan debt yeah that's wonderful that's great so take us tell us a little bit about um your student loan debt um like how much was it what prompted you um and your husband to to tackle the debt um tell take us a little bit through that journey
2: Yeah, so I owed $131,637 10 of student loan debt. People were like, the 10 cents matters. Um, And my husband actually owed, when we got married, he uh, in just debt in general owed about 20,000. So you can see the disparity in general between us. And as you could probably even imagine the conversations that took place about paying off debt in general. Um, So I took on about $50,000 in undergraduate debt and about $50,000 in my master's program as well. So if you're not aware, the average About a person pays when they have a master's degree um, in total is about $70,000. And so I ended up going to a private master's program, which was a little bit more costly. And because of that, and the accumulation of interest over about a 10 year period, I ended up with $131,000 of student loan debt. And I was actually avoiding Sally Mae <laughs> like the like the plague. <laughs> I was one of those people that was um you know avoiding phone calls. I was dipping and dodging um Sally Mae 100% and it, it was actually my husband. Uh he was like, "Why don't you call the people?" <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> why don't you make contact? <laughs> and um this is before we were married, but um and I did. <laughs> and I got right. <laughs> I got right with them people's, And um, that's when I actually just even started just being honest and transparent, like making my my payments towards my student loan debt. And when I say payment, it wasn't even enough of a payment to do anything, because as most of you guys are probably aware, when you're paying the minimum amount towards your student loan debt, what often happens is you're only paying the interest that's accrued on the debt and not even Impacting your principal. So that's what I've just been doing. (laughs) And also I told you guys I was working in the nonprofit industry and I was I had signed up to do the 10 year student loan forgiveness program as part of that. And that's when news started to come out that less than 5% of people were even accepted for that program. And I started to worry, Um, I was on this, you know, trajectory of like getting my finances together and the thought of one, I already had such a large amount of debt and it was all, it was growing, right? I, the impact and the payments that I was making wasn't impacting the principal at all. It was actually my, I saw my student loan debt grow over time. And so I was just worried about what would happen if I continued in this path and then was rejected from that program, yeah. you know? Um, and then the other realization and what really hit me too was that you know, I paid about 30,000 or I had about $30,000 in interest that I'm paying somebody else and not helping myself on. Right. You know, like I'm, I'm growing their business. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm, I'm growing their business by paying that interest to them before I'm helping myself, you know, before I'm helping my principal. And when that dawned on me, I just, knew i had to do something about it and so therefore came the conversations with my husband Um, and he was happy about the 10-year loan forgiveness program (laughs) yeah he was um he was here for it and so it was actually a the conversation was just about us getting out of debt in general we were engaged at that time and i just was like you know we're gonna we're gonna be married here in six months you know, how do we tackle our finances and what is our plan for tackling our finances as a married couple? It's probably like not something people think about when you're like wedding planning. Um, (laughs) But that's what I was thinking about. You know, how are we gonna prosper financially as a couple? And so we sat down and he wasn't convinced that we could pay the student loan debt off. Um, He was not convinced at all. And so I had to put a plan in place to show that, him it was to show him it was possible, because I think a lot of times, even even myself, why I had avoided Sally Mae student loans for a long time, is like my own self-limiting beliefs, right, um, of not valuing what it is that I could do or bring to the table or the impact that I can make on my own personal finances and that self-belief too and so that's what he was going through um the struggle he didn't he didn't think it was possible and so um and a lot of people do this I've talked about this you know we don't try right the unfortunate part is like we don't put ourselves out there to begin with to start to ever see if something could come to fruition and so then we stop stop ourselves from any progress and so i laid it out there and when we looked at our you know expenses and we looked at our income we actually realized we could pay the debt off in four years of a period of time and so once i did that you know that helped <laughs> that helped the pressure on his end a little bit in okay, maybe this is possible. <laughs> you know, it's a large amount, but if this is gonna help you, it's gonna help us. It, it looks like it could be possible. And so that's when we just started. We started with his debt. We paid off his car first, then we paid off his student loan debt. Um, we saved an emergency fund. We bought some real estate along the way. And then we tackled this this bit of debt that was supposed to be over a four year period and ended up being um, paid off in 14 months instead. So. Yeah.
1: Wow. Uh, That's awesome.
0: uh, There's so much, so much, uh, you know, meat on that story. Yes. uh, That we want to get to.
1: Yes. And I would like to highlight um, something that you said earlier about how you started this talk while you were engaged and that it wasn't just about. The wedding, right? It wasn't just about an event, but the fact that you two were planning a life together yeah. and making sure that you had plans in place to tackle that debt together. So it was awesome to see or to hear um, about that teamwork and um, putting that plan um, into place. So tell us a little bit about that plan. So Some folks that we interview, they do side hustles. They, you know, so, you know, were you able to just um, to focus on the debt with your with your nine to five uh, careers or were you, you know, seeing were you doing any side hustling or or anything um, tricky? I I would say along the way.
0: What was the hack? (laughs) What was
2: the hack? Oh, there have been some hacks. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, that's a great question. There was no side hustle at that time. Um, When we started, it was basically our income. And like I said, at that time, I was working in nonprofit. We were actually both working in nonprofit. Um, So it's amazing what you can do. And, um, you know, I've made progress within my career. But when I started in my nonprofit career, I started out making $28,000 a year. So um, and just built upon that and just maintain my lifestyle as I've grown my income in nonprofit world. And my husband's done the same. We're different in how we were raised though in that he grew up watching his um, grandparents like sit down do their finances together. So I always joke, like he's been saving since he was like five years old <laughs> and actually been over here being a hot mess. <laughs> and so, you know, which is like, but it's be- the beauty in the story that like we came together and still have the same values and still have the same goals and we're able to um, be meet at the same place. Right. And it's actually a good thing that we were, both mentally in the same space when we when we got together and, and also got married, but um, our to answer your question, it was our income, and so we literally just looked at our expenses. You know how much what's coming out each month, and then we looked at our income. We looked to see what we could consolidate um, that would reduce expenses. And at that time, we ended up moving into a condo. That cumulatively, what we were paying. Um, separately, it actually ended up being less. We also um, lived in a, in a, um, we had a tax abatement too on our property in our condo. I love tax abatement, <laughs> uh, which if you don't know what tax abatement is, is you just, um, you're able to reduce your tax, the taxes that you pay on a property um, basically. And cities have this, and some cities have this incentive so that they can get people to live in certain areas or communities. And so that significantly significantly decreased our housing expense but mm-hmm. um but we used what it is that we had and then we i would say that we ended up creating momentum because we had these goals in place mm-hmm. so when i wrote down our goals um i used what we had right like i think that's the starting place. Like, what can you do with what you have right now and today? And so I think it was about, you know, I don't want to say it was like when we started $2,500, that was the difference that we could put away and put towards um, student loan payment, which is significant, right? Um, But so that's what we, and actually, I think that was, that was what we were putting towards debt, towards savings, towards Mm -hmm. investing, um, cumulative in the beginning. And so that's what we did. And then as we went on this journey, we picked up a rental property. Um, And then as we continued, we aggressively tried to make intentional efforts of increasing our income. And we did. So we were applying for jobs. I was actually found out i was like grossly underpaid too within the job that i did have and was like advocating for myself for equitable pay too at the time and so just making those really intentional practices intentional movements when it came to our income was significantly important and i think it's significantly important for minorities and black people in itself because that is our that is our wealth right? It's in our income. And so to let people not equitably pay you and to not be intentionally focused on making sure that that place where we can build our wealth is, you know, at at its capacity um, is a disservice to self. And so we really, we were grinding it out, just putting applications. Okay. You know, if it's not internal promotions, we're looking externally. And so that's what we did throughout the the course and that's what actually ended up helping us that and real estate um, $20,000 of our payment for the student loan came from our rental property as well so
1: yeah well, wow. we have to tell us more about that yeah <laughs> we love that we love that yeah,
2: yeah. this a wild uh, journey <laughs> you know it's <laughs> I've always loved business, um, but my husband hasn't. Okay, <laughs> so okay. he's, been, he's been late to this train. And so that also took some time. I'm always convincing him. I'm always bringing him along <laughs> the journey and seeing how, you know, we can tackle these things together. But I um, saw saw a cheap property on sale one day and I was like, let's go take a look at it. We hit up our realtor we met with her and it was terrible. It was no wonder it was, it was cheap because it was cheap for a reason. Um, and so, but that was, that was it for me. I wanted to dig a little bit deeper and start looking at properties. So that's what we started doing. Um, and I will say like, we didn't have a huge budget. You know, like I said, we worked in nonprofit. We were trying to tackle these goals and, but we were very, I wouldn't even say practical. We were probably out of our minds because we really wanted a multifamily property with a shoestring budget. And so, But we had our, you know, we had a realtor in Ohio and we actually had a realtor in Kentucky too because we lived in Cincinnati at the time. And Cincinnati, they call it Cincinnati because they border each other. So we had seen probably about 55 properties in Cincinnati um, before we actually ventured out and got another realtor in Kentucky because properties were cheaper. And both of them tried to convince us to get a single family property. But being the person that I am, like I love strategy, the math didn't make sense, right? I'm also like planner and like to have safety measures in place so for us I knew having at least two units you have some type of protection right from the mortgage payment um, from when you you know making sure that you have two renters or at least one renter always in place to help with not just expenses but um, well yeah with just expenses in general so that's what I that's like what I had envisioned and one thing I'll say is I always stick to my visions, you know, like if I, I there's flexibility there, right? But I, I want to at least try first. And so they try Our realtors try to convince us to get a single family. They're like, you know about that budget, <laughs> you know, you guys might consider a single family because one thing with also too a single family properties, people take care of them better. So we're in multi-families and they're just a mess. And it's our first property. We were we also didn't want something that took a lot of work um, and that needed a ton of rehab with it being our first pr- property. So we, we didn't want to take anything like that on. So you can see we're picky. We're over here being bougie. <laughs> <laughs> um, with this sh- shoestring budget, and so finally we ended up finding a property, and it was black-owned as well. With the, it was an older married couple, and they were so proud. I will say too, um, mm-hmm. to kind of pass this down. I don't even know if this is my husband was like, "Don't forget about us, brother." Yes. <laughs> you know, you know this whole, and um, what saved us in the journey because multifamily properties are really competitive. So. We knew, we started to realize the trends of being, you have to be the first, right? You need to get in there. You need to put put a competitive competitive offer first. And so at the end, once we started to get that, we ended up um, being more strategic about how we went. We were, I was on looking for properties all the time, um, contacting a realtor. So we were the first to see the property and then like right then, and there literally almost our realtor was putting, <laughs> putting the um, the paperwork together and we put the offer in. And so that was our first property. Um, our second property, we house hacked. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, we ended up buying. We moved from Cincinnati to Columbus and we ended up buying a multifamily property where we lived on one side right into the out
0: the other and saved us about $900 of housing costs by doing so. That's awesome. I mean, this, this is like a masterclass.
2: <laughs> how, how
0: anyone could do it like, and I love all the layers. I, I do want to ask you because so many people when they're paying off their, uh, their debt, and they've made this plan, there's there's this big debate over, do I invest in whether it be the real estate market or the stock market? or do I just pause everything
1: and, and, focus, and focus on, on paying
0: debt. off the debt? Yeah. What made you say, you know what, if 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 we really get a cash flowing asset going, if we invest in this this thing, that maybe can even accelerate our debt payoff. What, what how did you make that decision uh to to invest in real estate while paying off debt?
2: That's a great question. I don't even know that there was any like rhyme or reason. <laughs> I just knew I wanted to own real estate and I knew I wanted to build wealth and it was a way to leverage wealth. And, um, we both had some, some savings coming into being married. So we were able to utilize that to pay. Cause if you buy a multifamily property with the traditional route, we went the traditional route, um, of buying a property. And so we had to put 25% down on it, on that multifamily property. So We did that and then, but we've done everything simultaneously, right? Mm -hmm. We've been paying down debt. We saved our emergency fund and we've been investing all at the same time. um, Because you don't have, not everything has to be linear and you, we also knew we wanted to make real estate doesn't get cheaper. uh, Right. And investing any type of investing is is a long-term game and strategy. Right. Um, They, what do they say? Uh, Time in the market is your best friend. So, you know, it's, a say, it's the same with real estate. That's an investment. And, you know, the, the later you get it, the higher it costs. I'm regretting now not buying a ton of properties back then <laughs> with how everything is going right now. Um, so we just knew that we wanted to just really be aggressive in, within all of our goals. Um, and that even just, that also for us meant our, our personal fun. Like we also didn't cut everything out of our lives that we enjoyed and valued in fact we like did the opposite we created a value-based budget um you know instead of like a restrictive diet budget um and that really made even just the process more tolerable as we went throughout the journey yeah
1: that's great i like that because i think that someone someone needs to hear that someone needs to hear that you can do this and that you know what i'm saying and that you can um strive towards multiple goals, you know, as you are, um, you know, on this journey. So I'm glad that that you brought that out. And I'm glad to hear that that's a part of your story. And so in terms of the debt um, for the student loan debt, tell us about that final payment.
0: Yeah, because you had a really dope viral moment. (laughs) We want to definitely talk about that. What was that like?
2: Yeah, that was um, the most spring moment I've ever had. um, To be honest with you guys, it it was, you know, I I just dealt with this debt for years and I hadn't really dealt with it for years. <laughs> and then it was became something that was a burden to me as I became more financially aware. And so I wanted to be rid of the burden, the fact that we were able to do what we said we would do um there's a lot we could have done with that money (laughs) you know and you know and i'm not even gonna lie to you guys i struggled there was times i'm like i could buy a building (laughs) you know like i i love real estate i love homes i'm like i could really do that and then we can we can pay this off later um and i had a lot of those moments (laughs) back and forth um and, you know, it was just like, again, just like sticking to what was the plan and what our why, right? Like, what what is the why that we're doing this? And um, that really helped us stay centered. <laughs> um, but man, it was just a freeing moment. And I'm glad I was able to share it with people too, because I do believe that, you know, by releasing that burden I hoped that I was releasing it from for others as well by seeing that it was possible um, and something like that was possible. And seeing a black woman and a black couple do that as well um, was really important for me. And so but it was liberating. It was one of the most liberating, liberating things because we could have done, like I said, a lot of things with that money. But we bought our freedom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. And so you did you do you did a lump sum when you paid it off or tell yep. us about about that.
2: On one swoop, swoop payment, it hurt too. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So what we ended up, we're there was a student loan freeze going on um, right now at this time. So because of it we just saved we saved those like 14 months saved it all the money um as we were hitting our goal it was our last it was like our last thing um and so we saved it up we didn't have any interest to worry about we didn't have any payments to worry about at this time and we just paid it all off in one singular payment so
0: wow (laughs) wait you mean you didn't take advantage of that freeze and just like keep that money and like you didn't do that like (laughs) Like, like a lot of people did
2: (laughs) I'm not I wanted to buy a property in Mexico (laughs) oh man we were in Cabo too Uh, right before and we were actually seeing properties I tell you I'm like a visual um I'm a um I'm a visual dreamer, right? Like I like seeing my goals. I like writing out my goals, and um, that's next next. Nice. I'm gonna have a property. I'm gonna have a property in Mexico. But um, those all of those goals, I wrote them all down. I wrote down every single goal that I hope to achieve, um, envisioned it, you know, manifested it, and created a plan, and then um, just like went after it. And but yeah, we we. We, I remember when he saved our, it's so funny because we, I think we both came from really, really humble beginnings and when we saved our first, we saved $30,000 for an emergency fund. It's like a year emergency fund and my husband, he kept saying, can we just take it out the bank and just like touch it? Right, right. Because <laughs> like, you know, the fact that we, I didn't even make that my first job out of college, right? So to save $30,000 when I didn't even make that in income. So it was like, we were both proud and just like, yeah, he really wanted to take it out the bank.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> he wanted to touch it, see what it felt like. <laughs> well,
0: well, I mean, it's just very inspiring to mm-hmm. to hear that, you know, like you said, you wrote the vision down, um, you kept it before you, and then you actually followed through. Like, there's something very powerful about that. Uh, similar to our story, we did the same thing. You know, we would have, you know, vision boards in our room and, you know, by this day we're going to be done. And and then to actually do it, you are like, man, I could actually set a goal and complete the goal, you know? And so I think that's awesome. And, and, and moving forward, you are, uh, you touched on a little bit, but you're empowering others and sharing, uh, you know, your financial literacy with others. So can you talk a little bit about what you've been doing, you know, since you've paid off all your, all of your debt?
2: Yeah. So the Corazon Akini actually came from uh, it was a friend of mine that was, I just freely gave personal finance advice to. And this is like, this is just a testimony of community and our need for a community and people that support us because um, I just love personal finance. At work, I'd be like, you got a budget, <laughs> you know, to my my, my team. <laughs> like You're paying too much in housing costs, you know, and so it's just something that I freely talked about and was really passionate about. And a friend of mine, um, was just wanted help with her personal finances and she and i would just do it and she was like no no i want to pay you i want to pay you to help me and you know i thought she was crazy and i'm like no like why would you I, i'm i happy to share this knowledge with you and she called me one day and was like i'm ready where do I pay you? Like where? And I, so I had to get my life together. (laughs) Like I, I had to create a business. And so, um, that's what ended up happening is, you know, from my, my, my network, my friends, my community, um, wanted to support what it is that I was doing. And so, um, it just, and that's where we are today. We actually, we also invested in a, um, a vending machine business so we're operating and running uh we have 28 vending machines in in columbus ohio and so that's another business that we run and so real estate vending machine and continuing to just to tackle personal finances and buy more real estate and buy invest in more businesses you know and so that's what a lot of people They want to get in the business without managing their finances, you know, kind of a recipe for disaster. I get a lot of people that are like, oh, teach me about the vending machine game and teach me about real estate game. And we would have been in a, we would have been in a really detrimental situation if we didn't have our finances together, especially in real estate, because there's so much that comes up and so much cost. Be sorry related to real estate and i mean when we when we i think six months after we got our property one of our tenants moved out Mm -hmm. um like just out of nowhere and you know and we had to like do some renovations and we had never spent the money that was sitting there from the profits of the property and it's that discipline that we had that allowed us to Win in our personal finances but win in business too yeah and people don't they don't think that way because everyone is focused on making a dollar um versus managing their what they currently have and seeing how that can grow and but i truly believe that because of our discipline because of our skill set and because of the way that we manage our money it will just it will take us further along.
0: i, I think that you said something really key there because there's levels to it and people want to uh, graduate and, and just start on the business side like or in the real estate side and like very similar to your story with us the discipline that we learned by going through paying off our debts helps us in real estate to where just like you real estate income to many people is just like i can throw that and i can start spending that and it's like no no because we've developed this disciplined muscle we can be disciplined in real estate and say, "Less." that's just going to stack or that's going to, we'll, we'll use that to reinvest into more real estate. And I think a lot of times people just want to skip to the, let me start making money. And they haven't forget
2: really got the basics. The, they
0: forget the basics. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. that's why they struggle, you know? So
2: I heard, a, the- I heard a quote and it's like, sometimes you're placed in a situation for a season and that season is what gives you the seeds for the next harvest you know and so it's like it's temporary yeah i mean you know paying off this large amount of debt isn't fun always but it's it's temporary it's for a season and then we're going to be in our we're we're in our growth season right now um with now that we've been able to leverage and pay off that debt we're, we're able to leverage even more money towards our, our visions and our goals and our aspirations and our dreams. And so um, we did what we had to do in that, in that season, put our head down, keep our lifestyle, maintain our lifestyle. Um, and those seeds are, are going to um, bear fruit, you know? So.
0: That's great stuff. Well, we really appreciate you being on and sharing your story. What an amazing story it is. Uh, so for those who want to follow you on uh, you know, whatever platforms. Can you let let people know where they could find you? You're definitely a great follower on IG, but yes, yeah, <laughs> let people know where they can find you.
2: Yes, yeah, so my website is corzonacini.com, and you can find me on Instagram at and Facebook at Corzon Finance, and that's C-O-R-A-Z-O-N-A-K-I-N-Y-I finance.
0: Thank you so much. Thank we really you. appreciate you being on.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Black Mary and Jeffrey podcast. Uh, this is Marcus, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Shira, and we're gonna holler at you guys on the next one. Peace.
1: Bye.